Hey, what's up? Welcome to Church Online. Happy summer. If you're new, my name is Joey McLaughlin and I get to be one of the pastors who have the honor of leading this movement. So pumped that you are tuning in today. Hey, before we jump into today's message, I want for you to do something for me. I want for you to think real quick about someone somewhere that you've always wanted to bring to church with you. Maybe it's a neighbor next door. Maybe it's someone you work with. Maybe it's an old friend from college. And maybe you've never worked up the courage to invite them to church with you. Or, or maybe they just don't live close to Stone Creek or to our Elevate City campus, but you have always wished so badly that they could experience what you get to be a part of each and every week. Yo, today could be that day. The beautiful thing about church online is you don't have to bring them to church. You can bring church to them. Share this service. Text, a, text this link to a friend. Direct message it to some friends on Facebook right now. Invite someone to experience church online with you today. Today could be the day that changes everything for someone. Hey, by the way, I want y'all to know that the tattoo challenge is still on the table. 1,000 shares on this service. Your boy will make it happen. If you know, you know. All right. Today, we continue a collection of talks called The Church Has Left the Building. Let me hear you say it. The Church Has Left the Building. And we titled this series, The Church Has Left the Building for obvious reasons, right? We are currently not meeting together in a building due to COVID-19. However, we do believe that this season of not meeting in a building is a perfect time to remember that the church was never meant to be a building in the first place. We're meant to be a movement, a movement without walls, an unstoppable force for good. People who live in the ways of Jesus, who practice the teachings of Jesus and who continue the mission of Jesus, who do everything that we possibly can to bring heaven to earth. And this series, this collection of talks is a call. It's an invitation to reimagine what it means to be the church. Because I think that we can all agree that just sitting in rows and watching church services isn't going to work anymore. Amen? Which is kind of why I'm here at this door, the front door of our church, this intersection, if you will, of where we've been and where we are and where we need to be, where we need to go from here, what needs to change. But we'll get to that more in a second. Our text for the day, it comes from a letter written by quite possibly the most prolific church planner of all time, the Apostle Paul. And Paul knew how the church was supposed to operate. Paul knew what the church was supposed to be about. And he writes this letter to his protege, Timothy, who is now pastoring one of the churches that Paul formerly planted. And Paul's writing this letter to remind Timothy of what the church is supposed to be about and how the church is supposed to operate in the midst of a difficult time. Check it out. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. Is the Apostle Paul just describing teenagers? <laughs> it kind of sounds like it. But he goes on to say that they will be slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, 
swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. I'm gonna skip down to verse nine. They will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all. I wanna preach a message for you today titled Fake News. Fake News. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would bless this time that we have together. Jesus, I pray that you would use this message to awaken your church, to inspire your church, to challenge your church. God, I pray that you would give us a bigger picture of what it means to be the church. And God, that as we are in this season of being scattered, that you would use this season and that we would make sure to not waste this season. And Father, I do pray that when we come back to meeting together in buildings, not just the building that we, that this church meets in, but the church buildings that people meet in all over planet Earth, God, that we'd come back different, that we'd come back expectant, that we'd come back ready for revival, believing that God is going to do something beyond what we could even begin to imagine. And Jesus, I pray that it would start right here, right now with us. And I pray in your beautiful name and all God's people said, amen and amen. Fake news, a catchy headline, isn't it? Fake news, two words that are drenched in controversy, riddled with political tension, fake news. Anyone get nervous about where this sermon is about to go? Hey, no need to worry. I won't be stepping on your politics today, just your religion. Yikes. Like that was funny, y'all, okay? Like that was funny. You can laugh a little bit, but let's get right to it. I wanna ask you a question that's gonna be hard to swallow. Is you saying you're a Christian just fake news? Gosh, the very question stings to ask, doesn't it? Um, when I was talking uh, to our team um, and I was talking to them through the direction that I felt like God was taking me on this message, which is so cool to be a part of, by the way, to be a part of a team who collaborates like we do. It's, it's just so cool. And as I was talking to them through the direction that I was gonna go, um, one of the most creative guys on our team, Joe Baker, he said, bro, you should title that thing fake news. And uh, pretty much immediately I was like, and done, like fake news it is. And as soon as he said it, um, this old DC Talk song popped into my mind. How many of y'all remember DC Talk? Like, where are my church kids at? Jesus Freak? Y'all remember Jesus Freak? What up? Hey, if you don't know old school church music, count yourself blessed and loved by God, okay? <laughs> um, it used to be bad, y'all. Like, the cartoon song? Anyone remember the cartoon song? I was thinking the other day, what if cartoons got saved? Y'all, the fact that anyone got saved in the 90s with songs like that is complete evidence of the total sovereignty of God, okay? <laughs> uh, I digress. All right, check this out. Check out this lyric from this old DC Talk song. Y'all ready for this? This was so good. It's immediately what I thought of when I thought of fake news. The song said, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. You know, in a world full of so much bad news, the last thing people are interested in are Christians who are just fake news. 
the church has left the building and we can't come back the same. We can't keep coming in the building and leaving unchanged. We can't stay the same. We can't live one way in here and another way out there. We can't just keep walking out those doors unchanged. We can't keep letting what happens in here be the only time that it happens at all. Following Jesus needs to be way more real and way less recreational. The church can't keep staying contained in a building. What Paul is saying is that a time is coming when there will be those rocking the label of Christian without the life of a Christian. There will be Christians who are just fake news. Check out verse one. I love what it says. You can't miss this. Starts heavy right, of the, right away. That's why, that's why I love this, this book so much. Just real quick. In the last days, there will be times of difficulty. Now, let's be real before we get too far um, into this thing. Um, four months ago, when I saw the last days, it kind of felt like fake news, didn't it? <laughs> Like it kind of felt like um, hearing the last days, like I, I had this picture in my mind of like some radical fanatic with like crazy hair and a big beard holding a sign that says, the end is near, turn or burn. You know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or I would think about uh, Left Behind with Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Another weird trip down memory lane for you church kids, you're welcome. But then COVID-19 hits, right? And people are like, are these the last days? Like, is this the end of the world as we know it? Like, hey, let me set the record straight and rant for just like two minutes in regards to fake news and the last days, okay? Um, first thing, way too many people live like the world ever ending is fake news. And it isn't. Now, I'm not telling you to doomsday prep like it's Y2K, okay? <laughs> like my dad's probably still got a stockpile of bullets and bottled water. Don't do that, all right? I'm telling you to live in the reality that this life is not all that there is. YOLO is a lie. Jesus is gonna come back. He will vindicate his kingdom. He will defeat death, defeat disease, sin, evil, once and for all. He's coming back and when he does, we better be ready. We better be ready. And then secondarily, um, this is just me being like a Bible nerd, okay? The last days, like whenever you see that or people talk about it, it's actually a technical term that is derived from the Old Testament, okay? From Old Testament books like Joel or Hosea that um, always involves two things, okay? Number one is it involves judgment upon the wicked. And number two, it involves the redemption of God's people. And the last days, biblically, historically, if you understand them accurately, were marked by the coming Messiah, the start of the last days would happen when the Messiah would come. Well, 2,000 years ago, the Messiah, Jesus, came. So technically, biblically speaking, we are living in the last days. However, these last days have been lasting for 2,000 years. The early church thought Jesus would come back in their lifetime, and he didn't, which brings me to my third and final point on the last day's rant. And that's Matthew 24, 36, is that no one knows the day or the hour that Jesus will return. But when he does return, he'll return in the same way that he left, Acts 1, 11. And when he does, it will be to redeem his people, to remove suffering, to remove pain, to remove difficulty, to wipe every tear from every eye and establish his kingdom ever 
everlasting Revelation 21.4. But until that day, until that day when he splits the skies, opens and returns, followers of Jesus are called to toil and to fight to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven until heaven invades earth. And what Paul is saying is that that call to be a Christian, that call to be the church is going to be difficult. It's gonna be difficult to be the church, not to go to church, but to be the church. It's gonna be difficult to really follow Jesus. I would go so far as to say that if you haven't found Christianity to be difficult, that you may not have found Christianity. I saw this quote this week and I absolutely loved it. This quote was so good. It said, following Jesus is not the elimination of suffering, it's the addition of his comfort. How good is that? How true is that? Followers of Jesus need to know that being the church is gonna be difficult, but that Jesus has so promised to be with us in that difficulty. You are not alone right now and you are not forgotten. God sees you, he loves you and his promise is to be with you. Don't forget that, but it's gonna be difficult. Now, why is it gonna be difficult? Because of the coronavirus? Because of the social medias ruining the youths? Because of that gosh dang rap music? Because of the political agenda? No, 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 no. Because of fake news. Fake news kind of Christians. You ask someone, anyone, why they aren't interested in Christianity, why they aren't interested in walking through the doors of a church. Ask somebody sometime. And I guarantee you that one of their top reasons will be the church is full of just a bunch of hypocrites. People who say they love God, they say they're full of grace, they say that they're these new creations, they say that Jesus is Lord, but their lives have little to no evidence of that reality. They're just fake news. Now, let me say this. Anytime that I encounter that conversation with someone where they say that the church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites and that's the reason that they don't wanna come because the church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. You know what my response is? Without fail, always, this is what I say. I say, I know, how crazy is it that God loves us? Like my goal is not to point people to the greatness of the church. It's to point people to the greatness of our God who can love and redeem and restore and offer grace to even the most broke down of people of whom I am most certainly one of them. Because the truth is that we are. We are imperfect. We are messy. We are half-hearted and inconsistent. Are, are you? I know I am. Like there's not a single one of us who could look at this list that Paul rolls out and come off clean. None of us would make it off clean. Lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Check, check, double check. Like we have all at times failed to be the kind of people who were called to be as the new creations of Jesus. And make no mistake that the call on the Christian is to be holy, it's to be set apart. It's to have a manner of life that looks like Jesus, no doubt. 
But the biggest problem that the Apostle Paul points out in this text isn't people trying to be perfect. Like, look at what he says, and we'll start in verse three. He says that people are heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And, And then the whole thing comes to a screeching halt with this one. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. So there's this long list of these immoral attributes, attributes that are inconsistent with the characters of, characteristics of Jesus. But then he gets to this one. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Don't miss this. The world's big problem with Christians isn't that we aren't perfect. It's that our Christianity has no power to it. We have a form or an appearance of godliness, but live lives that totally deny its power. We have the label of Christian, but don't live like Jesus. I mean, go through this list again with this perspective in mind. Do you know what makes Christianity feel like it's fake news? Label of Christian, but lacks the power of Jesus. Watch, lover of self. How could you be a lover of self? How could we be self-absorbed and self-consumed when you say you follow a Jesus who emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, who humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross? He gave up himself. How could you be a lover of self? It makes it feel like fake news. Lovers of money. How could you be a lover of money? How could we, how could I sacrifice so much to get more money? Be consumed by a nicer house and a fancier car to work more and jeopardize your marriage and neglect your kids when you say you follow a Jesus who said, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Who said, what good is it if you profit the whole world, but forfeit your soul? When you live like this world is all that there is, it makes it feel like the reality of heaven is just fake news. How could you be proud, arrogant, abusive, When you say you follow a Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to even be grasped. How could you be disobedient to parents and ungrateful when you have a father in heaven who so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We have this form of godliness, but then live lives that deny its power. We would never say that verbally, would we? We would never verbally, it would never come out of our mouth. We would never pop off at the jaw and say, we deny the power of God. But we've gotta be real. We've gotta be honest and say that Christianity feels like fake news 
when we say things like there was a man named Jesus of Nazareth who was brutally and horrifically executed on a Roman cross. He died suffocating on his own blood in front of hundreds of witnesses. He was buried for three days in a borrowed tomb that was intensely guarded by an elite group of Roman soldiers. And then one day, three days later, after he had been in that tomb, his body physically, really resurrected from the grave. And now he freely offers, freely promises eternal life to all who believe, to all who follow him, to, to say that we believe that and then not live like that same power lives in us has got to make Christianity feel like it's fake news, doesn't it? To say that we believe all these things about God, to have the appearance of godliness, to go to church, to send our kids to Christian school, to walk through the doors on a Sunday morning, to click, to click Christian on Facebook, but to keep Christianity to ourselves has got to make this whole thing feel like fake news. Doesn't it? Like it's got to make it seem simply unbelievable to say we believe in heaven and hell and life eternal and to keep it on the down low. It's got to make it feel like fake news to watch people show up to a building for church week after week on a Sunday and not be the church in our businesses and neighborhoods and cities throughout the week. I believe that this broken world is desperate for a demonstration of powerful Christianity, not perfect Christianity, not flawless Christianity, but powerful, life-changing, routine-altering schedule shifting, culture creating, identity healing, kingdom pursuing Christianity for the called out people of God to live in the reality of the ways of Jesus, to recapture what it means to be in the world, but not of the world, to have a different aroma, to live in a different rhythm, to march to the beat of a different drum, I think that it's time for us to dream different dreams, to practice a different lifestyle, to talk a different language, to parent with different priorities, to have different conversations, to have a different standard for success, to spend money different, to spend our time different, to love outlandishly, to serve sacrificially, to forgive unconditionally, to speak boldly once again to have a power within us that makes us okay with being misunderstood, okay with being rejected, okay with being laughed at and marginalized. To have a power, this is what the people of God need, to have a power within us that is okay, not getting everything that this world has to offer because our God has promised us more than this world ever could. We have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. To have a power within us that is like genuinely full of faith and not so easily given to fear in uncertain times. To have a power within us that gives us the ability to testify to God's goodness in the middle of our darkest day. I wanna be a part of a church so badly that has the power within us that can own our own hypocrisy that can admit our failures, that can ask for forgiveness, that can repent of our sin and receive the grace of Jesus 
in a way that gives us the strength to keep standing and keep fighting in the midst of our failures. I wanna see us have a power within us that motivates us to stop playing games with sin. You know that the gospel of Jesus is not fake news, it's good news. It's the good news that your sins can actually be forgiven, that your shame can actually be erased, that life as you know it can change forever, that there is rest for the weary heart, there is life and life to the full for the searching soul, that fear doesn't have to win because perfect love casts out fear. And that's exactly what we find in the person of Jesus, that death doesn't win that the grave is swallowed up in victory, that disease doesn't get the final word, that heaven is real, that hope is available and that transformation is possible, that there is joy, unparalleled joy. It's the offer for you. It's the offer for me. And there's this calling, there's this purpose, there's this life that is so much bigger than yourself. That's the invitation of what it means to be a part of the church. It's not the bad news that God is mad at you or the fake news that God isn't there for you. It's the good news that Jesus loves you, that he hasn't given up on you and that he's inviting you into a life with him once again. Too many of us have lowered our lives to the standard of what we think we can handle. And God wants us to live outside of the boundaries of what we think we can do in our own strength. You know, more than systems, more than a change of structure, we need the spirit of Jesus to come on the church to give us power. Like we need passionate people praying for a church that is passionate, for a church that has convictions, that bleeds boldness, that's unafraid, that knows how to pray, that sees healing, that loves worship, that lives the scriptures and that elevates Jesus. Hey, when we come back to the building, when we come back through these doors, let's not come back the same. When we walk back in, can we walk back in as the kind of people who live with a sense of ruckus to their lives? who begin to adopt unconventional ways of life, who begin to live in ways that cause our city to come out and investigate what is happening at that church. Can what happens in here, can what happens with us when we begin to meet back together, be something that is so powerful, that is so real, that is so Bible, that is so Jesus, that it spills over into our schools, into our jobs, out of these doors and into our neighborhoods and into our lives to the point that people show up. And when they show up, they see that this isn't just a bunch of fake news. This is what it looks like to actually follow Jesus. Can we be that kind of church? Jesus, I know that for me, even preparing this message, that there were parts of it that felt so challenging that it was hard to even write, much less hear. God, I know that there are areas of my life where I have claimed to follow you with my lips, but I've denied you with the way that I've lived. God, I know that there have been moments where I have not lived in the reality of 
what has been purchased for me on Calvary. God, I haven't chosen to live in your ways. And I just wanna repent of that, Jesus. And I want to ask you to give us the power and the strength to be a powerful church, to be a church that has news of life change that is flowing out of this place, news of marriages that are being restored, news of addictions that are getting smashed, news of callings that are, 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 are getting developed, news of dreams that are getting planted, news of leaders that are, 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 are rising up. God, I wanna see that kind of news, real, meaningful, everlasting, life-changing kind of news flowing out of this place. God, I pray that you would challenge us to evaluate our lives and ask the question, if in light of who you are and in light of what you've done, whether or not our lives make sense, are we living in a manner that is worthy of Jesus and that is worthy of being called his church? Jesus, I pray against any feelings of condemnation today, but, do, but God, I do pray for a spirit of conviction that you would convict us to be a church that, that leaves a mark, that does things that matter, that writes a powerful story, and that is a tremendous force for good in our city and in cities all over the world. Jesus, the same power that raised you from the grave, I ask you to help it come alive in your church. And I ask it in your beautiful name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hey, you may have heard this today and um, all of this is brand new. You didn't know that there was a man named Jesus who was crucified on a cross 2000 years ago, who paid for your sins and who purchased for you the opportunity to receive salvation, to receive forgiveness, to be in a relationship with God. And if you want that, if you want a life that really matters, if you want to step out of maybe feeling like your life has been fake in some way, shape or form, and you want real life, genuine life, true life, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that today. Um, the Bible tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved, you'll receive salvation. And so I'm gonna pray this prayer for anybody who's heard this message today, who's just having something happen in their soul where they're believing this. They're believing that God is real. They're believing that Jesus is what they've been looking for. They're believing that their sins have been paid for on a cross um, and, and want some forgiveness today, want new life today. I'm just gonna invite you to pray this after me. Um, Jesus, I need you. Life has not worked on my own. I know that I've sinned against you. I know I've done things that I should have never done, but I want your forgiveness and I want it today. I believe you love me. Jesus, I believe that you came for me. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And Jesus, I believe that you rose from the dead for me. And I ask you to raise me to new life, to give me a new life and a new heart and new eyes to see this thing called life. I wanna follow you all of my days and I wanna do it in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, it is the most extraordinary decision you could ever make in your entire life. Everything about you is getting ready to change. And we just wanna join you on that journey. And so if you did pray that prayer, we just love for you to raise your hand um, in the comment section, just drop a hand raised emoji. We're gonna be dropping in a link right now that's gonna give you the, the ability to get into the flow of information as you begin this journey of following Jesus. We wanna come alongside you, give, give you some materials and resources to 
really understand what it means to be a Jesus follower. And for the rest of you, if you feel like you're tired of living a life of fake news and you wanna really follow Jesus, we're gonna give you an opportunity. Man, you've, you're a Christian, you've been a Christian, but you just know that you wanna start to take this thing seriously. You want a life that has power to it. You want your relationship with God to experience the power that, that Jesus says is available. We're gonna drop a link in for you to reach out to us and we'll get you connected into a group. One of our pastors would love to reach out to you, have a conversation about what your next step is today. Hey, we hope that you guys are staying um, healthy, that you're staying safe in this season of quarantine. And we want for you to know that we're here. We're a phone call, we're an email, we're a text message away. We are in your corner and we believe that God is going to do something extraordinary in this season. We believe that the best is truly yet to come. We'll see you soon.